Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. And welcome back to another episode of your weekly devotional with the Gratitude Chick. So I've been waiting for this episode because we left off with some juice being, you know, happening to David and his family. You guys remember um, last week where we left off was David, you know, kind of running out of um, Bethlehem because Absalom you know, is trying to usurp his authority and become king, you know? And prior to that, we read how uh, David's son Ammon was so enamored with his sister Tamar that he raped her. And Absalom, Tamar's brother, which is also Ammon's brother, killed Ammon um, because David didn't do anything. Or I don't know if that's the reason, but that's just my opinion of it. And then... And David's take on it was, I think that he, you know, these are all his kids. And it was terrible what what Ammon did to Tamar, but he didn't necessarily want to kill his own son. So when Absalom did it, he was, I guess, aggrieved, but also kind of okay with it, you know, because he didn't have to kill his son. So um, after that, David kind of sent... No, David didn't send Absalom away. Absalom ran because he thought, you know, David was going to kill him. And David never said, hey, come home, you know, so he just stayed away. And I think that is the reason why, even though this is years and years later, um, I don't know if it's years and years later, to be honest. It just all kind of goes into one another. But I think it did say 30 years later, if I'm not mistaken. And um, now Absalom has decided he's going to be king, even though I don't know how um, kind of the kingship um, passed down. Because I want to say Solomon was king, but at this point in Second Samuel, we haven't heard about Solomon. We are only hearing about, you know, Absalom, Ammon, and Tamar. So Absalom is actually David's third son. So he has decided that he's going to not only be king, but he's going to win all the people of Israel to himself. So this is kind of where we left off in um, 
and last episode. So now we are going to start at 2 Samuel chapter 17. Moreover, Ahithophel said to Absalom, Now let me choose 12,000 men, and I will arise and pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he is weary and weak and make him afraid. And all the people who are with, with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Now, here's my issue with this. When um, David was running from Saul, this is like Absalom is literally walking in Saul's footsteps at this point, pursuing David. But at that point, Saul had lost his anointing. David has not lost his anointing. He is still anointed. And more importantly, Absalom is not anointed. He has not been anointed by God to be king. So although I am certain I've read this part before, I don't really remember what's going to happen. But my opinion of what's going to happen is, of course, Absalom's going to have to die because the Bible says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. So at this point, you are pursuing David to kill him. So I believe at some point God is going to have to step in and strike Absalom. This is just my opinion. I don't really know what's going to happen because you know how, you, how you've how you read something, but you haven't read it in a, lot, in a long time. That's kind of where I'm sitting with this part. And that's why I am trying to read the Old Testament more because I am a person. Not, not everybody believes that some people believe that the Old Testament was nailed to the cross. I believe in the full Bible. I, I don't believe there could have been a New Testament without an Old Testament. So they are one and the same. And again, the Old Testament to me is there to kind of guide us into how, you know, life would have been if there was no Jesus. So this is, um, this is why I believe in the whole Bible. Anyway. And all the people who are with him will flee, and I will strike only the king. Then I will bring back all the people to you. When all return except the man whom you seek, all the people will be at peace. And the saying pleased Absalom and all the elders of Israel. All the elders of Israel. Wow. Then Absalom said, Now call Hushai the archite also, and let us hear what he has to say too. And when Hushai came to Absalom, Absalom spoke to him, saying, Ahithophel has spoken in this manner. Shall we do as he says, if not speak up? So Hushai said to Absalom, The advice that Ahithophel has given is not good at this time. For, said Hushai, You know your father and his men, and they are mighty men, and they are enraged in their minds like a beer. I'm sorry, like a bear robbed of her cubs in the field, and your father is a man of war and will not camp with his people. Surely by now he is hidden in some pit or in some other place, and it will be when some of them are overthrown at first that whoever hears it will say, there is a slaughter among the people who follow Absalom. And even he who is valiant, whose heart is like the heart of a lion, will melt completely. For all Israel knows that your father is a mighty man, and those who are with him are valiant men. Therefore, I advise that all Israel be fully gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, like the sand that is by the sea, for multitude that you go to battle in person. So we will come upon him in some place where he may be found, and we will fall on him as the dew falls on the ground. And of him and all the men who are with him, there shall not be left so much as one. Moreover, if he has withdrawn into a city, then all Israel shall bring ropes to that city, and we will pull it into the river 
until there is not one small stone found thereof. So Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the advice of Hushai, the archite, is better than the advice of Ahithophel. For the Lord had purposed to defeat the good advice of Ahithophel to the intent that the Lord might bring disaster on Absalom. See? Then Hushai said to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, Thus and so Ahithophel advised Absalom and the elders of Israel, and thus and so I have advised. Now therefore send quickly and tell David, saying, Do not spend this night in the plains of the wilderness, but speedily cross over, lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Now Jonathan and Ahimaaz stayed at Enrogel, for they dared not be seen coming into the city. So a female servant who come, who would come and tell them, and they would go and tell King David. Nevertheless, a lad saw them and told Absalom, but both of them went away quickly and came to a man's house in Bahirim, who had well in his court, who had a well in his court, sorry. And they went down into it. Then the woman took and spread a covering over the well's mouth and spread ground grain on it, and the king and the thing was not known. And when Absalom's servants came to the woman at the house, and they said, Where are Ahimaaz and Jonathan? So the woman said to them, They have gone over the water brook. And when they had searched and could not find them, they returned to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass, after they had departed, that they came up out of the, the well and went and told King David and said to David, Arise and cross over the water quickly, for thus has Ahithophel advised against you. So David and all the people who were with him arose and crossed over the Jordan. By morning light, not one of them was left who had not gone over the Jordan. Now when Ahithophel saw that his advice was not followed, he saddled a donkey and went home to his, his house to a city. Then he put his household in order and hanged himself and died and was buried in his father's tomb. What? They really went through some things back then. Like, seriously, sir. So your advice wasn't taken, so you had to kill yourself? You couldn't just take a breather, like a vacation? Then David went to Mahanaim, and Absalom crossed over the Jordan, he and all the men of Israel with him. And Absalom made Amasa captain of the army instead of Joab. This Amasa was the son of a man whose name was Jithra, an Israelite who had gone into Abigail, the daughter of Nahash, sister of Jeriah, Joab's mother. This is a lot. So Israel and Absalom encamped in the land of Gilead. Now it happened when David had come to Mahaniam, Mahaniam, I can't pronounce that, that Shobi, the son of Nahash from Rabbah, of the people of Ammon, Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gilead, Gileadite from Rogala. I need need a nap just from this. Okay, let me say this again. Shobai, the son of Nahash from Rabbah of the people of Ammon, Machir, the son of Amiel from Lodabar, and Barzillai, the Gileadite from Rogalam. Okay. Brought beds and basins, earthen vessels, and wheat, barley, and flour, parched grain, and beans, lentils, and parched seeds, honey and curds, sheep and cheese of the herd. For David and the people 
who were with him to eat, for they said the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Can you imagine if you had to present yourself as who you are from your family and from whatever city and country you're from? Can you imagine that? I am uh, Lawanza from the house of Smith out of the city of Chicago in the United States of America. That is too much. <laughs> anyway, so um, I'm going to go to 2 Samuel chapter 18. And David numbered the people who were with him and set captains of thousands and captains of hundreds over them. Then David sent out one-third of the people under the hand of Joab, one-third of the hand of Abishai, the son of Zariah, Joab's brother, and one-third under the hand of Ittai, the Gittite. And the king said to the people, I also will surely go out with you myself. But the people answered, You shall not go out, for if we flee away, they will not care about us, nor if half of us die, will they care about us. But you are worth 10,000 of us now, for you are now more help to us in the city. Then the king said to them, Whatever seems best to you, I will do. So the king stood beside the gate, and all the people went out by hundreds and by thousands. Now the king had commanded Joab, Abishai, and Ittai, saying, Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captain's orders concerning Absalom. Isn't it amazing how David was not just a man of the people, but a king of the people? Like these people literally had access to him like he was a pastor. You know what I mean? No, I don't even know if I should say pastor, right? Because some pastors are just like kings themselves, you know? But um, I would say like he, like a teacher, you know, how you can go up to your teacher and ask a question. That's the kind of king he was. Can you imagine? There are We can't even talk to the president. We can't talk to the mayor, you know? We can't talk to the CEO of the companies we work with. It's amazing to me. So the people went out into the field of battle against Israel, and the battle was in the woods of Ephraim. The people of Israel were overthrown there before the servants of David, and a great slaughter of 20,000 took place there that day. Wow! For the battle there was scattered over the face of the whole countryside, and the woods devoured more people that day than the sword, devout, than the sword devoured. Then Absalom met the servants of David. David, Absalom rode on a mule. The mule went under the thick boughs of a great terebinth tree, and his head caught in the terebinth, so he was left hanging between heaven and earth. And the mule which was under him went on. Now a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, I just saw Absalom hanging in a terebinth tree. So Joab said to the man who told him, you just saw him, and why did you not strike him there to the ground? I would have given you ten shekels of silver and a belt. But the man said to Joab, Though I were to receive a thousand shekels of silver in my hand, I would not rise my hand against the king's son. For in our own hearing the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, saying, Beware lest anyone touch the young man Absalom. So God went ahead and had just gone and strangled his dude, you know, tree come on let's do your duty because david said nobody kill absalom but he was he 
died anyway. Otherwise, I have, would have dealt falsely against my own life, for there is nothing hidden from the king, and you yourself would have set yourself against me. Truth. Then Joab said he would have paid him those ten shekels and killed him and got his ten shekels back. Then David said, I cannot, I'm sorry, then Joab said, I cannot linger with you. And he took three spears in his hand and thrust them through Absalom's heart while he was still alive in the midst of a terebinth tree. Wow. And 10,000 young men who bore Joab's armor surrounded Absalom and struck and killed him. So Joab blew the trumpet and the people returned from pursuing Israel. For Joab held back the people and they took Absalom and cast him into a large pit in the woods and laid a very large heap of stones over him. Then all Israel fled, everyone to his tent. Now Absalom in his lifetime had taken and set up a pillar for himself, which is in the king's valley. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. He called the pillar after his own name. And to this day, it is called Absalom's monument. Then Ahimehaz, the son of Zadok, said, Let me run now and take the news to the king, how the Lord has avenged him of his enemies. And Joab said to him, You shall not take the news this day, for you shall take the news another day. But today you shall take no news, because the king's son is dead. Then Joab said to the Cushite, Go tell the king what you have seen. So the Cushite bowed himself to Joab and ran. And ran. And Ahimehaz, the son of Zadok, said again to Joab, But whatever happens, please let me also run after the Cushite. So Joab said, Why will you run, my son, since you have no news ready? But whatever happens, he said, let me run. So he said to him, Run. Then Ahimehaz ran by way of the plain and outran the Kishite. Now David was sitting between the two gates, and the watchman went up to the roof over the gate to the wall, lifted his eyes, <coughs> excuse me, lifted his eyes and looked, and there was a man running alone. Then the watchman cried out and told the king, and the king said, If he is alone, there is news in his mouth. And he came rapidly and drew near. Then the watchman said, another man running, and the watchman called to the gatekeeper and said, there is another man running alone. And the king said, he also brings news. So the watchman said, I think the running of the first is the running of Ahimaaz, the son of Zadok. And the king said, he is a good man and comes with good news. So Ahimaaz called out and said to the king, all is well. Then he bowed his head with his face to the earth before the king and said, Blessed be the Lord your God who has delivered up the men who raised their hand against my lord the king. The king said, Is the young man Absalom safe? Ahimehaz answered, When Joab sent the king's servant and me your servant, I saw a great tumult, but I did not know what it was about. And the king said, Turn aside and stand here. So he turned aside and stood here. Just then the Cushite came, and the Cushite said, There is good news, my lord the king. But the Lord has avenged you this day of all those who rose against you. And the king said to the Cushite, Is the young man Absalom safe? So the Cushite answered, May the enemies of my lord the king and all who rise against you to do harm be like that young man. Then the king was deeply moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, he said thus, O oh, my son Absalom, my son Absalom, if only I had died in your place. O oh, Absalom, my son, my son. So, 
my and, and again, my thing is the fact that Absalom, ooh, the next chapter is pretty long. The is why did Absalom really think that he would be able to do what Saul couldn't do? You know? What would make you think that you could kill your father without God telling you to do so? Back then, they relied heavily on priests. And why then did the priest Zadok, was he? No, he was with David. So my thing is, why did you not go to a priest and ask him before you decided to pursue this, should you do it? Because I would think the priest would say, no. He is the anointed. He is the anointed of God. Do not pursue. So Absalom made his bed. He lied in it, and that is that for Absalom. He is dead, like I said he would be. Um, and and another thing that doesn't really sit well is that Joab killed Absalom when the king said not to touch him. The king wanted his son back. But Joab said, no, I'm going to kill him because he is going to come up again and again. That's that's what my thought process is for him. But I feel like Joab is going to die just simply because the king said, don't touch his son. But he killed his son. And then they all just, and then you put him under a rock so that he won't move if he even, you know what I mean? It's just... Anyway, I'm going to read the the last chapter, chapter 19. It's a pretty long one, so bear with me. And Joab was told, Behold, the king is weeping and mourning for Absalom. So the victory that day was turned into mourning for all the people. For the people heard it said that that day the king is grieved for his son. And the people stole back into the city that day as people who are ashamed still away when they flee in battle. But the king covered his face, and the king cried out with a loud voice, O my son Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Then Joab came into the house to the king and said, Today you have disgraced all your... Is that what you said to the king? Today you have disgraced all your servants who today have saved your life, the lives of your sons and daughters, the lives of your wives and the lives of your concubines, in that you love your enemies and hate your friends. For you have declared today that you regard neither princes nor servants. For today I perceive that if Absalom had lived and all of us had died today, then it would have pleased you well. Now therefore arise, go out and speak comfort to your servants. For I swear by the Lord, if you do not go out, not one will stay with you this night. And that will be worse for you than all the evil that has befallen you from your youth until now. Wow. Then the king arose and said, in the gate and they and sat in the gate and they told all the people saying there is the king sitting in the gate so all the people came before the king for every one of Israel have fled to his tent now all the people were in a dispute throughout all the tribes of Israel saying the king saved us from the hand of our enemies he delivered us from the hand of the Philistines and now he has fled from the land because of Absalom but Absalom whom he anointed over us has died in battle Now, therefore, why do you say nothing about bringing back the king? So King David said to Zadok and Abiathar the priest, saying, Speak to the elders of Judah, saying, Why are you the last to bring the king back to his house, since the words of all Israel have come to the king to his very house? You are my brethren, you are my bone and my flesh. 
Why then are you the last to bring back to, to the king? And say to Amasa, are you not my bone and my flesh? God do so to me and more also if you are not commander of the army before me continually in place of jo Joab. So he swayed the hearts of all the men of Judah, just as the heart of one man, so that they sent his word to the king, return you and all your servants. <clears throat> then the king returned and came to, the, to Jordan, and Judah came to Gil Gilgal to go to meet the king, to escort the king across the Jordan. And Shammai, the son of Gera, a Benjamite who was from Bahurim, hurried and came down with the men of Judah to meet King David. There were a thousand men of Benjamin with him, and Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, and his 15 sons and his 20 servants with, went with him. And they went over the Jordan before the king. Then a ferry boat went across to carry over the king's household and to do what he thought good. Now Shammai, can you imagine when you're going somewhere on vacation or whatever, and you have so many wives, so many concubines, so many kids, kids by all of these women that you have to take all of these plus their servants. Literally, you're just going on vacation and now you've got to take 200 people with you. <laughs> with you. It's crazy. Now Shammai, the son of Gera, fell down before the king when he had crossed the Jordan. Then he said to the king, do not let my Lord impute iniquity to me or remember what, your, what wrong your servant did on the day that my Lord, the king, left Jerusalem, that the king should take it to heart. For I, your servant, know that I have sinned. Therefore, here I am, the first to come today of all the house of Joseph, to go down to meet my lord the king. But Abishai, the son of Zariah, answered and said, Shall not Shammai be put to death for, his, for this, because he cursed the lord's anointed? Right, remember he was the guy who was cursing him back and forth and throwing stocks, uh, rocks and stones. And David said, What have I done? What have I to do with you, sons of Zariah? that you should be adversaries to me today. Shall any man be put to death today in Israel? For do I not know that today I am king over Israel? Therefore the king said to Shammai, you shall not die. And the king swore to him. Now Mephibosheth, the son of Saul, came down to meet the king, and he had not cared for his feet, nor trimmed his mustache, nor washed his clothes from the day the king departed until the day he returned in peace. Oh, I know he stunk. So it was when he had come to Jerusalem to meet the king that the king said to him, Why did you not go with me, Mephibosheth? And he answered, My lord, O king, my servant deceived me. But your servant said, I will saddle a donkey for myself that I may ride on it and go to the king because your servant is lame. And he has slandered your servant to my lord the king. But the, my lord the king is like the angel of God. Therefore do what is good in your eyes. For all my father's house were but dead men before my lord the king. Yet you set your servant among those who eat at your own table. Therefore, what right have I still to cry out anymore to the king? If you guys remember, this is one of Saul's sons who was lame, like his feet. He couldn't walk and stuff. So that is who this guy is. So I just wanted to kind of point that out to you guys. And, and when uh, Saul died... Um, he promised that this guy would always have a seat at his table. So the king said to him, Why do you speak any more of your matters? I have said, You and Ziba divide the land. When Mephibosheth said to the king, Rather let him take it all, inasmuch as my lord the king 
has come back in peace to his own house. And Barzillai, Barzillai the Gileadite, came down from Rogalim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan. Now Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed in Mahanaim, for he was a very rich man. And the king said to Barzillai, Come across with me, and I will provide for you while you are with me in Jerusalem. But, but, but Barzillai said to the king, How long have I to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am today 80 years old. Can I discern between the good and bad? Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Why then should your servant be a further burden to my lord the king? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king, and why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please let your servant turn back again that I may die in my own city near the grave of my father and mother. But here is your servant, Shemaham. Let him cross over with my lord the king and do for him what seems good to you. And the king answered, Shemaham shall cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now, whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and when the king had crossed over the king, and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. Now the king went on to Gilgal, and Chimham went on with him, and all the people of Judah escorted the king, and also half the people of Israel. Just then, all the men of Israel came to the king and said to the king. Why have our brethren, the men of Judah, stolen you away and brought the king his household and all David's men with him across the Jordan? So all the men of Judah answered the men of Israel, because the king is a close relative of ours. Why then are you angry over this matter? Have we ever eaten at the king's expense or has he given us any gift? And the men of Israel answered the men of Judah and said, We have ten shares in the king." Therefore, we also have more right to David than you. Why then do you despise us? Were we not the first to advise bringing back to our king, bringing back our king? Yet the words of the men of Judah were fiercer than the words of the men of Israel. I think it's funny that they were arguing over the king as if he was a possession and not a person, saying that they have more right to him than someone else, even though he is everyone's king. It's crazy because you guys remember he was um, anointed king of Judah before he was anointed king of Israel. So I really believe that all of these stories that we've read about David and Saul and David's kids all point back to one thing. And that one thing really is that what you sow, you will reap. David was anointed by God, yes. David was blessed by God, yes. But David went through some trials. David went through some tribulations, honey. He wasn't, he didn't, he wasn't handed a, 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 a peachy life, you know? And not only was he not handed a peachy life, he himself did so many things to create some horrible, horrible, you know, karma for himself in his life. And I think that that is kind of what we've read in these past couple um, two, three weeks is that David, while still maintaining his, you know, him being the, the man after God's own heart, 
he still had to reap what he sowed. He still had to reap it. He sowed those seeds of division. He did by killing that man's, um, killing that woman's husband and taking her to bed before he killed his her husband and killing the husband because she got pregnant. Like he did too much. And at the end of the day, why did you need this woman when you had all these wives and concubines? You know, he just he did a lot. He did a lot. And this is why I think so many people feel that it's okay to have multiple wives and multiple girlfriends because they read stories like David, but what they're not reading is his consequence. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. So everything that David did, while you think that, oh, he wasn't struck down, so God was okay with it. No, God wasn't okay with it. Look at what, look at David's life. God was not okay with him having a bunch of wives. The Bible says thou should not commit adultery. God was not okay with him having a bunch of wives. Look at David's life. God was not okay with the things that he wasn't, wasn't okay with having sex with Bathsheba when he got wives and concubines right here for his use. And he went out and stuck, not only had sex with this man's wife, man's wife while he's at war for his king, but also got her pregnant and then decided, I'm going to kill your husband because I got you pregnant. Because, and he did that because the, the husband would not go have sex with his wife. Why? Because he said, I am, we're at war. And if, I, if, my, if my brethren can't go have sex with their wives, I'm going to stand in solidarity and not go have sex with mine. <clears throat> so he couldn't pass that baby off as as the I forget the husband's name as the husband's child because the husband would not lay with his wife and as a result of of you sinning against your own body sinning against God and sinning against this man you killed the man listen David did a lot he did a lot and I, I just want to stress the point that Although he is listed and he, he is a man after God's own heart, do not neglect reading his story and his life because his life and the things that happened to him, they are the karma that he has set up for himself. That is his harvest. He reaped what he sowed. And I want y'all to get that because so many people think it's okay for all the things that, you know, uh, for, for them to have multiple wives and stuff like that because of David, because of Abraham. Look at Abraham's life. Okay? Look at Abraham's life. Do you think that Abraham, would, that, that God was okay that Abraham laid with his wife's maid and had a baby? No. He wasn't okay with that. He promised him a son with his wife. Not with his wife's maid. The fact that so many people think that's okay because it was their culture, even if that was their culture, that's still, the Bible says, um, it, what they carried around in the Ark of the Covenant, thou shalt not commit adultery. It's there in the Ark of the Covenant. Like, it was literally written. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to harp on that, but uh, as far as the adultery is concerned, but it's, it just amazes me that so many people who claim to 
be Christians and read the Bible that think it's okay to have these multiple wives situations and think that God condones it when have you looked at these people's lives? What is the what 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 condoning do you see? Because he didn't strike them dead right away? Come on. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, on our next episode, we are going to be on 2 Samuel chapter number 20. And we only have five more chapters in this, you know, in 2 Samuel. So we'll probably get those up within the next two weeks and um, be done with 2 Samuel. So I don't know where we're going to go from there. I haven't decided on if we're going to backtrack or keep going because I really want to know and listen to me here, okay? I really want to know about Solomon too, you know? we I don't know about you guys, but the only thing that I really know about Solomon is he had 300 wives and 700 concubines. I know that he was the wisest man that ever lived on earth. I know that um, he wrote uh, Song of Solomon, of course. And what was the other one? It was another one. I don't know. I got to read. I got to look at the Bible and see um, the, the, the books of the Bible. It was two, I think, he wrote that they attribute to him, I should say. I don't know how that worked back then. So was it Lamentations? Ecclesiastes. So he wrote uh, Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon and maybe Proverbs. Maybe Proverbs too. So I think those three he wrote. And um, I kind of want to read about Solomon. So I think we may go from David after 2 Samuel through to Solomon. So I hope you guys stay tuned for that. Thank you guys for listening today. I appreciate every time you guys click to listen in on these episodes. Thank you so much. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.